0: From the international headquarters of The Sword of the Lord, publishers and ministries here in the southern suburbs of Nashville in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's a joy to welcome you today to this time that we spend together here every day, five days a week, and I trust that you'll join us as often as you possibly can. Yesterday and Monday, we were talking about how that our nation is at the crossroads, And I suggested a number of things to you that have put us at the crossroads and simply indicating that when you get to the crossroads, you've got to make choices, you've got to make decisions. And we built that off of a passage in Deuteronomy chapter 30 where the Lord laid out that same choice, that same scenario for the nation of Israel and basically said to them, you've got to choose. And I think today you and I individually And our nation as a whole has to make some choices. I want to talk to you today about what do we do at the crossroads. It's one thing to analyze the circumstance. It's one thing to see the situation and understand what the reality is. It's another thing to know what the solutions are and to implement those personally and in whatever other way that we can. So I'm gonna to talk to you today about what do we do at the crossroads. Let me take a moment to remind you that the National Sword of the Lord Conference is coming very, very quickly now. In fact, we are one month away and we're looking forward to a great National Sword of the Lord Conference in Walkertown, North Carolina there in the Winston-Salem area, and uh, we're at Gospelite Baptist Church, large auditorium, great facilities, all kinds of things available there that will make the trip for you a good trip, and of course, the conference, starting Monday night on the 18th of July, continuing through Thursday night, the 21st, and uh, there are sessions in the mornings, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and in the afternoons as well. Great music and great preaching, a lot of practical workshops as well. And at the same time, we have vendors, really the vendor area is set up into the full. And so lots of good things. there for you bring your family and plan to be with us July 18 through 21. Check our website for all of the details. Now, remember in Deuteronomy chapter 30, we have looked at that place where the Lord said to the nation of Israel, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. So that's, in many ways, the choice that has to be made. We have to make good choices, good decisions. And when we do, all of that can come into focus like it needs to. Now, we're well aware. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Well, make no mistake about it, the era of, quote, the last days has been underway since the ascension of Christ. I mean, from the time when Christ went back to heaven until now, that is the era called the last days. But it just might be that we are in somewhat the last days of the last days. I do not know that for sure, but it very well could be. The situation appears more and more ominous And if the Lord does choose to get us out of here, I mean, if He sounds the trumpet and the rapture occurs and God's children are taken home, we'll rejoice about that. But in the event that the trumpet does not sound, and it hasn't yet, you and I have no license to just sit here, soak and sour. We have no license to just wait it out and uh, see what happens next. Instead, we need to be vigilant. We need to be busy. We need to be courageous. We need to be going after people to win them to Christ and to introduce them to the things that they need to know about, not only for time, but also for eternity. You and I need to be booming like thunder in every pulpit. That's why that I come to this microphone every day and try to do so with the kind of energy that will reflect to you that I believe what we're talking about and what we're dealing with is urgent, and we need to deal with it in that kind of a way. And we need to be praying that the lightning of God will strike in the heart and in the ear of every single person who hears the thundering that's done from the pulpit. And so we're looking forward to just finding solutions that will work. Now, whenever we talk about solutions, I'm going to suggest some things to you that I really believe need to happen for all of us. And let me just run my list here for you. Number one, there needs to be a personal repentance that really will build strongly enough so that there will become a national sense of repentance. And I'm not talking about uh, somebody with an agenda. I'm not talking about somebody who's trying to get federal funds for their cause or whatever. I'm talking about us getting right with God individually, and spreading that to the point where that all across the nation people are beginning to honor the lord god's name is being held in high esteem once again and whenever you and i repent of the things that we have not done well or not done right then we're headed in the right direction repentance is a bible concept It's something that we learn from the Bible. In fact, the Bible clearly says, Jesus said in Luke chapter 13, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And that just simply means we need to have a change of mind about how we're doing things. So many people living in the world, running with the culture, doing everything the world does, just making excuse for every kind of a loose thing thing that they want to be doing. And somewhere along the way, we need to understand that God's tenets of righteousness need to be reinstituted. And uh, while we cannot impose that on anybody, I mean, the person standing closest to you, you cannot impose that. You cannot force that on anybody. You can get it done for yourself, and then you can recommend it to the guy standing next to you, and you can recommend it to the people in your town. And one by one, God doesn't want to force himself on any of us but he does want us to voluntarily sign up And whenever we do that, we're going to need to have a personal time of repentance where we acknowledge that we erred, we acknowledge that we drifted, we acknowledge that we got into the world, we acknowledge that there was sin, we acknowledge that God did not have place. And that kind of turning, that kind of repentance, that kind of change of mind makes a tremendous difference in all of us. Now, it's true, the Bible says in Acts chapter 20, that we're to preach repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not enough for you just to say, okay, I messed up and I'm going to clean up my life and everything's going to be fine because I'll just clean things up. That's not enough, dear friend. You need, yes, to acknowledge that things have gone wrong. Yes, you need to acknowledge that and change your mind about it. Don't keep going down that dead end street. But at the same time, if you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and say, I'm going to clean up my act and I'm going to be a better person, you're headed down another street that is certain to fail because you cannot Do this not in time and certainly not for eternity. You cannot do this without the Lord Jesus Christ. You need a Savior, just like I came to a point in my life where I knew that I needed a Savior, and I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want you to do the same thing if you've not done that, and if you have done that, by all means, let's act like it. Let's institute this concept of repentance and determine that we're not going to go down the trail where the devil's going. We're not going to go with the world but instead we're willing to buck the tide and turn ourselves in the direction that we need to go. And all of that begins with repentance, where we change our mind about God. We change our mind about a lot of things, and in the process of that, we can look to the Lord Jesus and receive him as Savior. So yes, in order for us to deal with being at the crossroads, I mean, where liquor is flowing like a river, where all kinds of bad concepts are coming down to destroy families, to destroy marriage, to destroy our economy, to destroy our patriotism, all of those things going on in the country. What do we do standing at the crossroads? Well, number one, I'm recommending that we have a personal time of repentance. Now, secondly, let me suggest to you, let's put God back in priority place. The Bible says in Psalm 33, "'Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord.'" And that simply means God is God, and he is the Lord, but at the same time, he doesn't force himself on us. He doesn't make us do everything that we need to do. So you and I have the privilege of deciding, are we going to allow the Lord to have charge of us? And whenever we say yes, and put him in a priority place and begin to listen to him, then we can be in the place where the blessing will begin to come. And you and I, personally, And with whatever influence that we have, we really need to put God back in priority place. When I was pastor, as I was for a long time, I would say to our people sometimes, you know, the world may do what it wants to do, and we may have personally all kinds of ideas, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to open the Bible. We're going to listen to what God has to say, and we're going to take seriously the principles that we find in the Bible, and we're going to plug those in. We're going to plug them in and how we run our church. We're going to plug them in in building great families. We're going to plug them in in our personal behavior. We're going to listen to God about how we do things. That's putting God back in priority place like he needs to be put in place. Now, if I do that, that's one person. If you do that, you're one person. But every one of us have influence. And once again, once we get God back in priority place in our life where he is really being Lord to us— Savior is one thing. Letting him have lording charge of your life is another thing, and I want you to begin to clean things up once you are saved. Yes, he does have some things in mind. He doesn't want you to just stay the same worldly, carnal creature that you once were, and so as we begin to put God in priority place, we listen to him, and we pay attention to the things that we find in the Bible, and that begins to clean up the neighborhood. That begins to make an impact in town, that begins to have an impact all across the nation. If a few of us will do what a few of us ought to do, and that few becomes even more, and ultimately multitudes, many people. Sometimes, you know, a church starts and it has just a few people, but if they do what they ought to do, it begins to grow. The first thing you know, there's 100, maybe 200, then 300, and in some cases even several thousand people in one local church, simply because a bunch of people are heading out to do the things that they believe God would have them to do putting God in priority place. It can make an impact in every village, every town, every city. I mean, all across this nation, these things will work because the gospel works, the word of God works, and we can listen to what the Lord has to say, and we'll do well if we do that. So, My list here is longer than what I'm going to be able to deal with today. I uh, suspected that might happen, so tomorrow I'll do some more of this. But let me just reemphasize here the two things that I have mentioned today. Personal repentance. It's just simply a matter of acknowledging wrong, acknowledging where we have gone down the wrong trail, acknowledging that indeed we want to get things straightened up, and at the same time we put God in the priority place where he needs to be. And if you and I will do that, I'm telling you, those two steps alone will make a tremendous difference in us but it'll make a tremendous difference in other people with whom we have influence. And you and I do have influence with our family. We have influence with our co-workers. And we must, in every sense of the word, let our witness and our testimony count wherever we go, whatever we do. And once you have got your life set in the right direction, don't hesitate to tell people about it. Let people know that you are a Christian, you're serving the Lord, you're excited about it, Uh, get in a good church and begin to tell people, man, you ought to come with me to church. That guy preaches, and he tells it like it is. He gives the Word of God, and get yourself in that kind of a church, and it'll make a tremendous difference in your life. So we're talking about what to do at the crossroads. Personal repentance, first of all, And then secondly, putting God back in the priority place where he needs to be. Tomorrow, the Lord willing, I'll give you some more things that I think will help us at the crossroad. In the meantime, I really would love to hear from you. And I hope that you'll write and ask for a sample copy of our great Sword of the Lord newspaper. You'll be pleased once you see it. And I want to provide it for you free of charge. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099 Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, we'll look forward to being back here again tomorrow. I trust that you'll join me then. Until that time, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.